0: You'd open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 16 this morning. I want to ask that everyone stay settled, not go in and out in the preaching this morning. And uh, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. Have you found it? Say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 16, all right. Matthew 16, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Matthew chapter 16. All right. Matthew chapter 16. Sixteen. Notice, if you will, in verse number thirteen, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" And they said, "Some say that thou art John the Baptist; some Elias; and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets." He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? First of all, he asked, what do other people refer to me as? Who do they say I am? And they answered him, of course, these different uh, 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 prophets of old. And then he asked them the question personally, who do you say that I am? Verse number 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ Christ the Son of the living God. Verse 17 is our text verse. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. I ask you again, dear God, would you please fill me with your Holy Spirit, I ask that your will be accomplished in the message today. I ask, Lord, that you would use me as an instrument, as a tool in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Imagine, if you will, as the Lord Jesus sits with his disciples, and they're having conversation. Now, that always gets my attention when Jesus sit down, sit, uh, would sit down with his disciples, it's sort of like a staff meeting. You find out what's going on on the inside. You talk about philosophy. You talk about what people are thinking. And Jesus asks the question, fellas, who do men say that I am? What are you hearing? Uh, and uh, they began to answer him. And uh, one says, uh, Jesus, I hear folks refer to you as John the Baptist uh, that's what they called you. And uh, somebody said, uh, Elijah is what I hear. And another said, Jeremiah is uh, what some people refer to you as. And then Jesus said, fellas, whom do ye say that I am? And of the disciples, there was one that spoke, and the conversation goes from Jesus and the group to Jesus and Simon. And Simon says to him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Christ means Savior or Messiah. Son refers to the deity of Christ or the fact that God came in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. The living God refers to the fact of that God is the eternal one. And then God, he is talking about the creator and sustainer of the world and mankind. Jesus said to him, Simon, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. But he says in verse number 17, but my Father which is in heaven. Look right this way. There are those today who know the facts about who Jesus is. But they do not believe it is true that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God in their hearts. There is a vast difference in hearing and learning something that is taught from man or flesh and blood and learning something that is taught and confirmed of the Heavenly Father. Now, Jesus said, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. Now, He was not saying, I haven't taught you these things. You've never heard that before. Jesus had taught that He was the Christ. Jesus said that again and again. He did teach them uh, this fact. But then Jesus differentiates between me teaching you and you hearing the fact in your mind and God revealing to you in your heart that what I have taught you is true. That's right. Now, I grew up in church. I started going to church nine months before I was born, and so I've been in, in church all of my life. I, uh, uh, my father was my pastor until I was 21 years old. I uh, turned 21 two days before my father went to heaven. And my dad was a good preacher. He, he studied the Word of God. He really studied Bible doctrine. And my dad had in the back of his Bible a little booklet referred to as the Articles of Faith. I believe in those days it was put out by the Bible Baptist Fellowship and it listed all of the Bible doctrines, and then it would have 20, 25, or 30 verses that would refer to that Bible doctrine. And my dad taught me Bible doctrine. My dad taught me about salvation, that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. I heard him say that again and again. And I memorized Ephesians chapter 2, and especially the verses 1 through 10, where we go from, He hath quickened you, uh, to verses 8 and 9, that you are saved by grace and not of works, lest any man should boast. My dad taught me about the fall of man and Adam's decision to sin in Romans chapter 5 and how the Bible deals with the fact that man is of a fallen race. My dad taught me about eternal security, that my salvation was not at all dependent on me, but it was dependent on him once I trusted Christ as my Savior, according to the book of John in chapter 10, I was in the hand of the Father, and no man is able to pluck me out of his hand. He taught me the Bible doctrine of eternal security, by the way. That's what the Bible teaches. Once you're saved, you're always saved. And uh, that's an important Bible doctrine. My dad taught me about the realities of heaven. He taught me from Revelation chapter 20 and chapter 21 and chapter 22, uh, John chapter 14, that Jesus was going uh, and uh, to build a mansion. He was coming back for us and we would go live with Him. He taught me about heaven. My dad taught me about a literal hell. He told me that uh, those that die without Christ go to a devil's hell. Uh, Revelation chapter twenty, and whosoever was not found written into the book in the book of life was cast into uh, the lake of fire. He taught me about heaven. He taught me about hell. He taught me about angels. He taught me about the local church. He showed me uh, that in Schofield's Reference Bible, he said the church began at the day of Pentecost. But my dad said, I believe. He is wrong, and I believe Jesus founded the local church during His earthly ministry because in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, uh, they added to uh, those uh, that were already there. There were 3,000 baptized at Pentecost, and they added to them, and He taught me the Scripture about the fact uh, that uh, the local church was founded by Jesus during His earthly ministry. My dad taught through the book of Revelation. He taught me about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a person and the Holy Spirit has feelings and the Holy Spirit is power and the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. I do not recall ever hearing him preach or teach and thinking, I just don't believe that. I believe whatever he said. I didn't believe it because he said it. Because everything he said, he said, Now, son, this is why we believe this, because what the Bible says right here. And then you can look at this verse and you can see that it's the same as that. Now, he said, now and again, you're going to run into a verse that seems to say the opposite. But if you have 15 verses that say the same thing, the verse that you think says the opposite really doesn't. You just haven't fully understood yet. And if you'll study the context and the application... I remember learning about Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. It sounds to me like you get baptized for the remission of sin. Uh, but he said that's not what it says. Uh, for example, Bill went to prison for murder. That doesn't mean he went to prison so he could murder. It went. He went to prison because he's already murdered, uh, and you're baptized for or because your sins have already been remitted. I said, wow, Dad, that's great. And I didn't. And having a problem with Acts 2 and verse 38. I never remember uh, sitting in a Sunday school class or in a church service or a Bible study on Wednesday night or a family devotion where my dad would read uh, uh, every night. And uh, I, I never remember saying, no, I just don't believe that. I, I, I believed it. But when I was 16 years of age, I began to hunger for God and His Word Myself. I, uh, I began to pray and I began to read the Word of God. It wasn't because I doubted anything that I had learned, but I said, God, I want to know you personally. I've known you through my father and my mother, but I want to know you personally. And I began to hunger. Are you listening to me? I was 16 years old and I began to read the Bible on my own. Hey, folks, some of you need to understand, you don't need to believe what you believe because Dad believes it. It's okay to read it and find out for yourself. And so I began to hunger. I began to pray, Dear Lord, would you do for me what I heard John Rice say you did for him? Lord, would you do for me what I heard Lester Olof say you did for him? Lord, would you do for me uh, what uh, uh, George Mueller said that you did for him? Lord, would you do for me uh, what Dr. Howell said God did for him? And I got on my knees at my place of prayer. Uh, That became my place when I was a teenager, beginning at the age of 16. And something different happened during that time with God than had happened in my dad's teaching at me. All of a sudden, it seemed that the Holy Spirit made everything not just true, but real and alive in my life. Those things that I had been taught now were becoming the foundation of my faith and the foundation of my. Living. Now, listen to this statement. The prayer I pray, the desire I have for my own children, five children, is that, Lord, you would reveal to them by the Holy Spirit what I have taught them myself from your word. My heart's desire is that sometime in your life very soon, you would go from believing what you believe because the preacher said it or your parents taught it, or you uh, uh, read it in a book, to coming to the place that the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, and it becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of what you will stand on, what you will stand for, and what you would be willing to fight for. You don't fight for what other people believe in. You fight for what you believe. I remember, for example, about standards. Now, my dad was old-fashioned when it came to standards. My dad and Lester Roloff became too close of friends. Now, the only thing my dad didn't do is trade coffee for carrot juice. And thank God he didn't do that. Uh, but my dad, I mean strict to, strict to standards. He wasn't unkind about it. Uh, but he was just very strict in his standards uh, as far as our dress was concerned, as far as the places that we went, and the people that we fellowship with. Oh, but it was different when the day came that the Holy Spirit of God said to me, This is right, not because your dad said it. This is right because that's what my Word says and the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. My heart's desire is that the truths of the Bible would get into your heart and in your mind and you would claim those truths personally for your life. Now I want you to take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now I will admit this morning, this is not a youth conference sermon. This is a sermon for adults. But if there's one thing I despised as a teenager, when I went to a youth conference is for somebody 50 years old to act like they were 15 and tell me a story like they were telling a story about the three little pigs and the three bears. I wanted to hear a man of God stand up and preach the Word of God because I was, Hungry, uh, not just for jokes and stories, uh, I was hungry uh, for that book right there. Amen. The Bible says, if you'll notice, in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, and chapter 2, and go down to verse number 9, uh, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. That's what I hunger for right there. I want you to hear what I'm saying and say, I believe that. Brother Fugit." preached that truth. I believe that. I hunger for the Holy Spirit to set a fire inside your soul and say, I don't believe it because Brother Fugit said it. I believe it because that's what God said and the Holy Spirit has set that truth on fire in my heart. Notice what the Bible says in verse number uh, uh verse number 11 for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God verse number 12 now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth." I want you to hear somebody preaching beside me. I want you to hear my voice this morning. But yet there's another still, small, quiet voice that speaks to the heart of a young man and a young lady and says, that's more than just a fact. That's more than just a figure. Uh, uh, That is the truth of the living God. And you need to get a hold of it and settle it in your heart and live because that's what you believe. I want you to know the Bible is the Word of God. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. I want you to know salvation is by grace through faith. But I want the Holy Spirit to convince you of it. I want you to hear me preach from the Bible that Jesus is God, deity, God veiled in flesh. But I want the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. God made us and redeemed us for a purpose in the will of God. is joy and happiness in the Christian life and on and on these truths. I want you to hear me preach about a separated life from the world in conversation and dress and behavior but I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit preach it to you this morning. I want you to discern between right and wrong, a fight for truth and for right. But I want the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? 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 Because every truth I just said will be challenged. Every truth I just preached will be challenged. As a young man... Wow, that's a two-hour sermon bottle of water right there. <clears throat> I heard and I watched as folks challenged the King James Bible when I was a young man. I watched the men of God. I was there the night that Dr. Al Lacy preached on the King James Bible. I thought, surely this is settled once and for all, it 'll never be debated again. I heard Dr. Howells take a stand in the last five years of his life. He preached it. he stomped when he preached it. He screamed when he preached it. He growled when he preached it. He taught it. He explained it. And I thought, surely this matter is settled. Much to my surprise. My heroes were now in heaven. And I got word that the King James Bible had been challenged again. Why? There were folks that made... I'm not talking about the liberals. I'm talking about the independent Baptists started getting folks to compare their Bibles and taking one word. And because printer errors, they began to blame that on God and the Holy Spirit. I heard folks say... That, uh, uh, that, that that the King James Bible may be the best, but it's not the Word of God. And a man said to me, how arrogant can you be to think God preserved a Bible just in your language? What about all the other people? I said, now wait just a cotton-picking minute. Come on. I don't believe that because that's what my daddy said. Come on. I've had a few meetings with God since then, and I believe Psalm chapter 12 verse I believe my dad, but I believe Psalm 12:6 above my dad. The Bible said in Psalm one nineteen, "Forever O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven." And, 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 and in Psalm chapter 12, the Bible said he's preserved His word for every generation. And you know what? I had to take a stand for the fact, and, and here's what they said: this book is not inspired. I not, 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 no. Now, wait a minute. If it's not inspired, it's expired. Right. Exactly right. now, you don't have to no know Greek or Hebrew to know inspiration. The middle word is spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It means life. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm going to say this one slow. Inspiration. In means, get it now, pay attention, in. Right. Yeah. Did you get it? Expired, spirit is life, X is out. In right, exactly. is in, X is out. Right. I said, Are you telling me then the Bible expired, it died? Come on. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Right yeah. I didn't know the living word of God had passed away. Come on, yeah. preacher. That's good. Why? When I picked it up this morning, it was still alive. Hey. I read some books and they were good and they stirred my spirit, oh, but that sets me on fire right there. That convicts me. I mean, that goes down to the dividing sunder of soul and spirit. I mean, that old book right there. Hey, my book hasn't expired. My book is still inspired. The Spirit of God's still in it. It's alive as it ever was alive. And I'm glad that I just didn't have some verses and some quotes from my dad about the Bible. I'm glad I got on my knees and read the Bible from a and found out, yes, the Spirit of God is in it, it's alive, I'll stand for it, I'll fight for it. And you listen to me, if men could be uh, could uh, stand and be tied uh, to wooden stakes, uh, and that be set on fire, and them die for the old King James Bible, then surely the goodness I can stand, and I can fight, and I can be willing to die for that old King James Bible. Now you listen to me, you say, well, I'm glad that's all settled. It is for now, but it won't be in ten years. Some Mr. Smarty is going to come up with another way to make folks doubt it. Somebody better get this truth in their heart. Somebody better get a hold of the fact that this old book is still alive, and it's well, and it's in, it's inspired, it's filled with the power of God. My heart's desire is not for you just to hear it and say, boy, I'm glad Brother Fugit believes that and I agree with him. I want you to believe it. Amen. Jesus said, flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee. But wait a minute. Flesh and blood had taught him. Yeah, right. Jesus had taught him. Amen. But there's more Amen. That's right. than you hearing your preacher. There's the Holy Spirit that says right. it's the truth. Amen. I'm taking a stand these very days, against what's called the emergent church movement that's turning our churches into an entertainment center that works to make Christianity palatable to the flesh and thinks we can offer God the same behavior that entertains the world and call it worship. We've got these folks today with this Phil Robertson conversion. Are you saying, preacher? You saying Phil Robertson's not saved? I'm not saying he's not saved. I'm just saying it hasn't made any difference in his appearance yet, and it hasn't made any difference. Now, now, I'm glad he quit drinking. I'm glad for the testimony that he has. But my Bible says, "A shame for a man to have long hair." Now, now, here's what the emergent church says: it said Now, grace is what we're living under. Aren't you glad for the grace? God, i got news for you. Grace didn't set you free from everything. It just set you free from the bondage of sin. Amen. You're now the servant of God. And what the law required, the grace said, I'll give you two. Amen. Are you listening to me? Grace doesn't lower the standard. Can I tell you something? Grace raises the bar. I may be kind and will be kind uh, to any lady because uh, that is just uh, uh, the rules of behavior. Ah, oh, but this lady right here, that's my wife. Uh, that's my love. I'll do anything uh, to love her and to show my love for her. Hey, I don't do it because it's required. I do it because I love her. Grace doesn't set you free for you to claim salvation and you stay and you're all rock music and and you stay in your old sinful behavior. Grace makes you a servant of grace uh, while it sets you free from the bondage uh, of sin. we got folks today, uh, they want to be delivered from Egypt, but they want to go make make bricks for Pharaoh every day. There is a rebellion going on in this very hour against the old time religion. That's right. A fellow said to me, well, now, if we use a contemporary song, we, we, we take the drums out. Oh, come on. How, 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 how would you think if I said, boy, I had a good beer last night. Now, I, I drank the non-alcoholic kind, but boy, it was a good beer. It didn't yeah. have any alcohol in yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. 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 Right. I won't drink a Perrier water because it looks like a bottle of beer. Yeah. Amen. Besides, it tastes like Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> The Bible says something about appearance. Now, the emergent church movement, it takes this guy over here that looks more like Justin Bieber than he does a Baptist. He looks more like the Beatles than he does a Baptist. And he comes in, he looks like a stork with those britches on And he says, I'd like to share with you today Come on. Come on. Come on. what the Bible says. And, 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 and you'll see on the video exactly what I'm saying. And I, I, want, I, 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 want, I want to show you a picture when I was a little boy. Hey! When I think of preaching, I don't think of Joel Osteen. When when I think of preaching, I don't think of Joyce Myers. When I think of preaching, I think of old Dr. Tom Malone that's preached like he had a sore throat for 45 years. When I think of preaching, I think of a Lee Robertson that stood and he preached. He said, now three things I want to give you today. Three things. Write them down. Write them down. Number one, Jesus is coming soon. Did you hear me? Write it down. Jesus is coming soon. Hey, when I think of preaching, I think of Jack Howells who took a truth and he set it on fire. You listen to me, this emergent crowd. Are you listening to me? That brings in. Well, it's not so bad. That song isn't. Why do you want to sing a song that's not so bad (laughs) when you can sing a song that's good and sing a song that's right and sing a song that's wholesome? Pray tell me how a fellow can stand and give one of those sharing truths. Everybody just sit there and look at him. You said amen and scare him to death. I mean, he, he he he'd pass the road runner. He'd run so fast. Hey, the kind of preaching I grew up on was not this contemporary stuff where they share everything and they got to show you a video or show you a picture for you to understand. kind of preaching I grew up under, the Holy Ghost of God got a hold of my heart and began to squeeze my heart and he said that man's preaching the truth and my Bible is true and that's a truth you need to get a hold of. And I want to tell you something, you better get a hold of truth because every truth uh, that you hold dear today is going to be challenged and it's not going to be challenged by somebody on on the outside, it's probably going to be challenged by somebody sitting in this room. The Bible is the Word of God. Psalm 119.81 1981 Psalm 12.6 tells us it's forever settled. But we don't have a copy of the original. Yeah, we do. It's in heaven. Well, but the kind of churches today—I mean, like the bus ministry—is dying. I hear them say, "Well, a lot of folks in Lexington died last night. Name was in the obituary column." But I ain't going to go to the funeral home and turn myself in because somebody else died. Come on, that's good. Hey, I believe these truths, but I want more than a man to teach me. I want the Holy Spirit of God to get a hold of me. Jesus is God. God made us and redeemed us for a purpose and to serve him. There is a will of God for my life. It is my responsibility to my generation to get the gospel to every creature. They got this they got this event evangelism. Not soul winning. We've taken a thousand bottles of water and we put a new label on it. And on the inside and in the fine print is the gospel, and we're praying as they drink that bottle of water. They'll take the label off and they'll read that fine print and get saved. How many of you ever took the label, the water bottle label off, and read on the inside? That ain't soul winning. Soul winning is, yes, sir. It's good to meet you today. How you doing? i just going uh, on your street here, just house to house, inviting folks to church. I'm from Clay's Mill Road Baptist Church. you attend church anywhere? Do you? Where do you go? Faith Baptist Church. Wonderful. Faith Baptist Church. Where is that? Vernon, Indiana. Now, this is a hard question, but what's the name of your pastor? I don't know if I know. And they'll say, <laughs> Bill. Bill. His name is Bill. No, wait a minute. (laughs) Honey, what's the name of that preacher where we go to church every Sunday? And then I'll say, you know, going to church is important. I'm glad that you go. Let me ask you a question. If you died tonight, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? That's soul winning. Amen. Amen. That's good. Very true. If the insurance salesman used the emergent church methods... They'd be in worse shape than Obamacare is today. Soul winning is just asking a man, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? Can I take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? Now, listen to these statements and I'm finished. I want you to hear the truth taught. I want you to hear it taught. I want you to hear it taught at church, Sunday school, home, Christian school, wherever. You ought to go where it's taught. But listen to me. You ought to ask God. Lord, reveal your truth to me. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit of God, speak to my heart. Go find your place when you go home and make that your quiet place. Amen. Sit down and say, God, I, I don't always understand the Bible man told me in my office, he's preaching, I don't read the Bible, I, I just can't understand it. I said, well, you got married, don't tell me you understand her. <laughs> just, just tell God, Holy Spirit, help me to understand this. Help me to understand this. And read the Bible. And if you'll do that, you'll get set on fire. Amen. And no theologian, no Dr. Broadbottom or Big Mouth will ever, ever take a truth from you that the Holy Spirit has revealed. You know how Peter died? He was martyred. You know why? He, he didn't believe it just because Jesus taught it. He believed it because... God had revealed the truth to him. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, my heart's desire and prayer today is that yes, we will hear the truths preached, and that is the beginning, that's important. But God, I pray that today the Holy Spirit of God would reveal the truths of your Word To our heart in such a way that no man, no movement could ever take us from that position of truths the Holy Spirit has revealed in our lives. Bless the rest of our day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.